It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS with you until 6 o'clock. The phone lines are open, 356 9397. If you would like to join us, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, all here standing by to take your calls and talk sports for the next 50 minutes or so. Matthew, how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Busy weekend, a lot going on. We're going to recap things. Bob, you doing okay? I'm good. Can you play quarterback? I probably can. It might be funnier looking, but I'll, I'll, I'll try. I give it a shot. Scott Ritchie uh, tells me he has a year of eligibility to hanging around somewhere, don't you? I've got four. Do you? So, <laughs> I mean, just sign me up. You sure you want to endure that? No, I don't. Okay. Because we're talking about Saturday night's uh, announcement from MJ Rivers to uh, put his name in the uh, transfer portal. Bob, you've been around a while. Were you surprised? Yes, I actually really was surprised because. In the spring, it looked like he was going to be the starter, or at least have a chance to be the starter from the, from the get-go this year. So, yeah, very stunning. And uh, thankfully, Matt was on top of it and got in the paper. But again, the, the evils of Twitter were their ugly head again because in the old days, we would have found out about it probably when the camp started, right? I mean, really, he wouldn't have shown up or whatever. Here he goes on Twitter and says, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. So... Really, really puzzling. I tried to re- I reached out to him. Have not heard back. Not sure I will. Uh, but I've got a pretty underst- pretty good understanding of what happened. So it's in, in any football season, it's always about the quarterback. But it seems like it's uh, multiplied here at the University of Illinois in the last few years. It's unreal what's happened, and the fact that they haven't had another Nathan Schillas or Juice Williams or. Kurt Kidner is one of those guys that comes in, and plays as a freshman, starts some games as a freshman, and then is there for the next three years. It's really troubling for Illinois, and it's a big reason they are where they are now. Yeah, it's uh, you know four quarterbacks have uh, not completed their eligibility, and and Lovey Smith's tenure here at Illinois, entering his fourth season, and uh, MJ Rivers uh, was a Lovey Smith recruit, uh, just like Cam Thomas was, and, and Thomas transferred. Uh, last August when it became clear he wasn't going to be the guy at, at quarterback and maybe not even the backup because MJ Rivers uh, was that guy last year. And um, it, it's three months before camp starts and the opener is August 31st and Illinois has got a big giant question mark right now at, at quarterback. Now maybe by the time Akron rolls into town on August 31st, the, the feeling will be a bit better. Uh, maybe Isaiah Williams comes in and just has an outstanding training camp. Maybe Matt Robinson shows, you know, market improvement. Uh, maybe Cran Taylor takes the next step and becomes that guy. But right now, as we sit here on on Monday, May 6th, there's uh, 
a giant gaping hole as as to what the answer is uh, when it comes to who the Illinois starting quarterback is. And they're talking to uh, grad students who uh, are quarterbacks, and two have been in town right. and visited, one from Penn State, Tommy Stevens, one from USC, Matt Fink. Have you uh, researched those guys, Bob? And uh, yeah. neither one has played a whole lot. Right, that's the problem. Is if they're really, really good, they would be where they were. They would stay at Penn State. Penn State has an opening. Uh, Trace McSorley is gone, so you would think Tommy Stevens should be in competition there. But instead, he's gone. I think he surprised people by leaving because again, he looked like he could be the guy. And uh, Southern Cal's had some issues with quarterbacks over the last couple of years, so it's really not. Great scenario for Illinois to have that opening. Now, if the Arizona quarterback were to come to Illinois, that'd be a different story, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think they're looking for a guy that may not be out there. So I would guess right now, Matt Robinson, who had stretches last year, Scott and I talked about this earlier, stretches last year in camp that they really look good, or Isaiah Williams is going to be the starter next year. And that's going to be a little... Make people nervous, I think. Well, and Bob and I discussed this earlier this afternoon was if Isaiah Williams does wind up you know, starting some games, that'll be the third true freshman, third different true freshman quarterback in three seasons to start, start games. for Crazy. LA, which uh, it's not a great sign when you're trying to you know build a program. And Matt Robinson's going to be a freshman too, even though yeah. he played a little bit last year. Yeah, at least he'd been here. Yeah. And been in the system. But knows, knows where Green Street is. But other, the third, other locales. Third, third first year guy. That's crazy. And I go back again. Juice Williams started as a freshman. Uh, late, didn't start right away. Started four or five games in this season. Kirk Kittner started as a freshman mm-hmm. several games in. Other guys redshirted. And then this Nathan Shias, luckily, redshirted his freshman year. Then was ready to go as a redshirt freshman. Obviously, he played great. So, again, they need to find a guy they can latch on to that starts early in this career and then plays three or four years, which they have not had. Don't you think, um, and they try to do this, I think everybody tries to do this, take a quarterback in every recruiting class. Correct. So that, I mean, they really need to do that now and keep that going. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the uh, recruiting class that MJ Rivers was in, they signed uh, Karan Taylor and uh, Matt Robinson. Uh, I remember it might have been on this show or another show here, but we were talking about how you would have to think that of the three of them, someone's either going to leave the program or change positions at some point during their uh, remaining years of eligibility. And we've already seen one domino fall in, in MJ Rivers, and uh, Matt Robinson, I think, has to has to maybe assume that leadership role now because he is the most experienced quarterback on the Illinois football roster at the moment because he played in some games last year and uh, Cran Taylor did not, so... I don't know. It's going to be an. It's going to be. That's going to be the, again for the second straight year. That's going to be the most watched position uh, during training camp. One of my first first years here covering Illinois football, they had three freshman quarterback in the same class. It was uh, Justin Sella, Tanner Lavery, and Brian Sheard. Blast you remember class. one of those guys? Well, yes, <laughs> Tim Lavery. But you, the thought was again, one of these three guys is going to come out of there and be the starter. And Tim Lavery was temporarily the starter, eventually went to baseball. Yep. Brian Shearer left. I don't know what happened to him. And Justin Sella, they moved to defense van early in his career. Then he moved to – he went out east somewhere. So when you have three, as Matt pointed out, it's often a problem because not everybody can play. Only one can play. And I 
it looked like Rivers was the chosen one of those three. Now he's gone, so I'm just puzzled by the whole thing. We've got the phone lines open. 356-9397 is the number. Let's uh, go to the phones. And Neil in Bloomington. Hey, Neil. How's it going, Steve? I I talked to Scott Ritchie. You got uh, him. Over the weekend, I was, I was talking to uh, Andy Katz, and he says that, that big guy could be a huge difference maker for Illinois basketball if he stays healthy and doesn't get injured like Greg Odom did. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Kofi Coburn is the type of player Illinois, and really in the kind of the history of the program, has never had. Like, if he can maybe get into, you know, prime game shape and you know, stay that way, I mean, get him the ball within five feet of the basket and he's going to you know, make a lot of defenders look silly just because of how physical he is. And, you know, he moves pretty well for a big guy. He's got a, you know, a decently nice touch out to 12, 15 feet. So if he can be what Georgie Bajanjvili was this season, plus maybe a little more rebounding and Georgie could stand to do that himself, I mean, that's that's going to be really big for Illinois because I think they've got the guard thing figured out. The front court last year was an issue, and uh, maybe Kofi solves that. What about the? Do you think is he a good free throw shooter? Um, are you not, not, I mean, not, not sure particularly, that. but that's one area that you can improve. I mean, there's nobody guarding you, so like just put in the that's reps. True. And I mean, Shaquille O'Neal never got great, and yeah, he, I think he ended up having a pretty and, good and, basketball and, career. And Georgie struggled at times last year too with the, well, all the free throw the, line. I mean, I would assume he struggled at the free throw line. I mean, he shot like sixty eight percent, which was. Uh, not not great. So and there's always room for improvement okay, there, well, but I think they do enough other things that kind of balance that out. Everybody's looking forward to the coming season. They're really excited down here. So thanks for taking my call, and you guys have a great night. All thanks. right, Neil. Thanks, yep. Neil. Always good to hear from you. Kofi Coburn, according to 247 Sports in their 2019 rankings, actually dropped a little bit from 44 to 52 in the overall rankings, and he's listed as the 12th ranked center yeah i mean in the 2019 class for whatever that's worth yeah that was the final ranking of yeah. that class um by 24 7 sports and you know, i thought it was interesting I, I counted up i think illinois offered 56 of their top 247 <laughs> players so i mean obviously they have a pretty good eye for talent uh, in terms of you know who they offered and that was ranked but uh only wound up getting kofi from that that bunch because bernard kuma still unranked still, still unsigned. unsigned yeah but he's got Nine days? May 15th. And even then, Scott, you were talking to me this afternoon, and that's not a kiss of death for Illinois if he doesn't sign his letter of intent by May 15th. Yeah, because he can always just sign his scholarship grant and aid paperwork, and that's basically the same thing. The national letter of intent is more ceremonial and also, you know, a binding contract. That means you are going to, you know, that place unless the school lets you out of it. Oh, so why would you ever sign that? It's a good question. Well, uh, I, I mean, I it, it guarantees you a spot. Right. But that's pretty much the case yeah. anyway, right? It should be. Yeah, I mean, well, I would say, like, top 50 prospects never sign a letter of intent. Right, you'll, you'll have a scholarship somewhere to use because you're you know, perceived as being that good. Right. Bernard Kuma, I don't know, you probably should sign. Let's uh, go back to the phones here on Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve. What do you say, Steve? Hey, I was just wondering, you're talking about the quarterback situation, and, and I haven't seen any if they have. 
but how does Michigan get to keep all those quarterbacks? None of them get unhappy and leave. Like they had a All-American from Avon, Indiana. They signed uh, McCaffrey's son, and he was a quarterback. As far as I know, they're all still there, but none of them have transferred. So I just wondered if there's any idea why some stick around and others leave. Uh, Michigan's really good. That that helps. They yeah. also did lose a quarterback too, Wilton Spite, their their starter for almost two seasons, did transfer to UCLA. Yeah, and Brandon Peters who was a backup. Well, a backup's backup last year. He's transferred. Saw some time though well, in uh, 2017. Yeah, but he's he's on the move. He's gone. Jeff, so, George, Jeff George Jr. was Peter there. Gone? I didn't realize that. Yeah, that just happened within the last uh, in the last week. Jeff George Jr. was there for about six weeks before going to Pitt. <laughs> basically, basically, nobody wants to sit. Is the reality of it? No quarterback wants to sit. Well, they all somebody has to sit. Yeah, I mean, you saw Jalen Hurts transfer from right. Alabama to Oklahoma this year. You right. saw Kyler Murray transfer uh, from uh, Texas A&M to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield transfer from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. It happens uh, at Illinois. It's happening at a frequent rate over these past few yeah. seasons. And maybe the Michigan quarterbacks just really like Ann Arbor. And khakis. So it, it's a fine city, I guess. Well, again, Jim Harbaugh has got a huge advantage. He's taking guys to Australia and Europe and They're all in this. South Africa right now. South they, that, that's yeah. awesome. And, again, they, they have this huge, you know, the winningest program of all time. If you go there, you're locked in, and you have a, ch- have a chance to play, you're going to stay there. It's a great town. Of course, Champagne's a great town, too. So, Anything else, Steve? But, well, everybody wants to play, so would they – give up their eligibility for all this other traveling and so forth and, and play no. in Michigan, you know. Well, I mean, I might, but <laughs> like I mean, you mentioned, you know, Dylan McCaffrey and like he'll get the job when Shea Patterson's gone after next year and he'll have 2 years to be the quarterback and that'll probably be enough to get him to the NFL. So there there's a path yeah. there for him at least. Yeah. Now, the McCaffrey kid is he still at Michigan or did he, he leave too? He's still there. Yeah, they're set up now. They, they look like they've got a line of succession there that's going to be pretty long, even though I'm not sure their hardball was lasted long, but the quarterbacks are there. And they're coming to Champaign for the first time since 2011 this season. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Appreciate the info. Thanks, yep. Steve. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Alan on Monday Night Sports Talk. You're on the air, Alan. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, just getting you guys on the phone. I wasn't able to listen to you guys on the radio. I outside working on some things. Uh, I guess you guys talked about the quarterback situation. Aren't we pretty leery of starting with a freshman quarterback that's never played down in college? Uh, Saturday they mentioned Cleed paid again and a kid out of Penn State transferring. Seems to me like now we really need those guys. Uh, and we didn't even know that MJ Rivers was leaving that morning. They come out Saturday night. So what's our chances of getting either one of those, if at, if at all? Well, Khalil Tate, probably 0% yeah, he's at this state point. Arizona. Uh, Tommy he's Stevens, uh, well, he just left Illinois and scheduled a kind of surprise trip to Kentucky that wasn't originally on his, his list. So Maybe it's on the way to Mississippi State. He wanted to see the Derby. Yeah. We have uh, he missed it. Oh shoot! But oh, uh, Mississippi State's the clear favorite for him because his old offensive coordinator right. is now the head coach, Joe Moorhead. Right. Yeah, and then um, Matt Fink is a Southern Cal transfer. Might might be the best chance to get him, but I mean, he's not going to play at Southern Cal because JT Daniels is locked in for yeah. the next two seasons. Your cousin? He, no, <laughs> I wish. But so I mean, that might be the best chance. But like, I mean, he didn't really play much at SC, so. 
There's no, no, no real telling what he'll do if he does come to Illinois. So get ready for the Isaiah Williams era. You're, you're just going into 2019 kind of with a big unknown a question mark at quarterback until you actually get out there and, and play against Akron. The advantages of if MJ Rivers were to return, you would have some sort of baseline on what to expect from him when Illinois does suit up. And it's not like MJ Rivers set the world on fire, but he didn't exactly stink it up either last year. He came in. Tough situation against Western Illinois after A.J. Bush Jr. hurt his ankle and threw two touchdown passes and then played admirably against South Florida the following Saturday up in uh, Soldier Field and held his own against Penn State, too. Didn't put up gaudy numbers uh, the rest of the season, but you saw the potential there, and you're thinking, okay, if he's able to do that as a true freshman, gets a full offseason under Rod Smith, and then full training camp as the guy, you'd have to feel pretty good going into to 2019. I think it's time to mention it. Oh, sorry. It might be time again to mention Coran Taylor because he's kind of thought of as the – he was the, basically the leftover guy, the extra guy. Now, all of a sudden, worst-case scenario, he's third string, and he might be higher than that. They're running an offense here where the quarterback gets smacked a lot, okay? So Matt Robinson might start the season as this, uh, this guy, which I think is very possible. Mm-hmm. But he could be in danger of getting hurt. I mean, reality, reality of this offense is that. So even if Isaiah Williams plays, there's no guarantee he'll get through the year either. Not well, yeah, and, and you saw last year too with, with A.J. Bush being right. missing time and, and M.J. Rivers got hurt too. Right. He, he so missed some time. So it's uh, it's an offense. Well, basically, the, we're, back to where, we're back to where we was last year. Correct. Right? That's that's absolutely right. So even if the JC or ever grad, grad transfer comes, say Fink comes right. in, it's right. very it's similar like to last year, right? Yeah. So we're right back where we was last year. You are so, correct. I don't know if our defense can can hold their own very long because uh, we're going to have to score some points this year somehow, some way. I think you're right. All right. all right, Alan. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to join us here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We're going to talk some more Illinois football after we take our first break. Martin O'Donnell, former Illinois All-American and a member of our broadcast team, will join us to talk Fighting Illini football, Big Ten football. Stay tuned for that. We'll take a break and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Monday Night Sports Talk rolls on with you until 6 o'clock with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. I'm Steve Kelly. Phone line is open 356-9397. Ed Bond on the controls, flying the ship tonight. Let's talk some more Illinois football. Martin O'Donnell is with us on the phone. Martin, how you doing, my friend? You having a good uh, spring so far? Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Hope the same is true for you guys. Yep. Did you get a chance to see much uh, spring football? And if so, what are some of your overall thoughts? Uh, to tell you the truth, I honestly was not able to see nearly as much as I wanted. I was able to see some. Uh, you know, I think, you know, obviously the thoughts are it certainly looked like the defense. Uh, the couple practices I was able to see, I think they've certainly improved. Uh, obviously looking for, you know, true leaps from guys like Bobby Roundtree, you know, was obviously watching as much as I could, kind of the linebackers over there, and then certainly spent some time watching the offensive line. And uh, you know, again, I think we have a, I think there's a good starting five there. I think they're still searching for some depth. Uh, so some of those, some of the guys here in, uh, you know, the summer and fall camp will be able to try to establish that. But um, yeah, that's about, that's about what I was able to see. 
Hey, Martin. It's Matt Daniels. Good to hear from you. Uh, what's your uh, reaction to hearing that MJ Rivers uh, has decided to transfer from Illinois? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's definitely disappointing. Obviously, uh, you know, I mean, 18 to 22-year-old kids, obviously there's certainly more going on in all their lives than we know. So, you know, with situations like this, you know, certainly wish wish MJ the best and thank him for, you know, his time playing at Illinois. But, you know, try to focus on the guys that are that are still within the program. But it's certainly concerning. I mean, the quarterback room doesn't have a whole lot of experience and uh you know, certainly there's still that big question mark as to who's going to be helming Rod Smith's offense this fall. So sounds like they got other options they're exploring, but that'll be certainly that'll be the thing to watch uh, in fall camp for the second year in a row. Martin Visbob, you were here the last time Isaiah Williams was the starting quarterback as a freshman. What do, what could you remember from that time, and what do you, what would you tell this guy to be ready to do to be ready for this year? Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a lot to ask an 18-year-old to come in and, and play and play a significant role no matter where they are on the field. It's certainly even more to ask uh, a kid at quarterback. So, you know, my guess is, you know, they're going to have certain packages for him ready-made, you know, put him in, you know, Illinois. It's still a program that's looking to really build its, its depth when it comes to athleticism <laughs> through, you know, game breakers. And I think, you know, he certainly seems like a kid that fits that mold. So my guess is, you know, Rob Smith will be pretty creative, have some packages for him. And I think it's the kind of thing where you, you give them a little bit, you see how they take it. And, you know, if, if guys are thriving and, and being successful, you kind of give them a little bit more and uh, more and more and, and hopefully have that role grow. So I think it's just a matter of being patient. It's, it's not going to be an instant success thing. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be plenty of ups. There's going to be some ups, plenty of downs, you know, when you play early in your career. But, um, you know, certainly excited to have another Isaiah Williams at the quarterback position. Talking Illinois football with Martin O'Donnell. Scott Ritchie has some news from out west. That there's some media outlets out there are reporting that uh, Matt Fink is headed to Illinois. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Eric Sondheimer from the Los Angeles Times tweeted that out. Uh, it's like about an hour ago. So no confirmation from Illinois if that is in fact the case. But there's the, another quarterback well, if he is coming. He's a grad student and uh, would be... Eligible for one year and somebody that's played, although I think he, I think not he's very got two much. Years. Does he? I, I think he does. Okay. Yeah, he hadn't played much though. But uh, so we'll see how how that goes. We're visiting with uh, Martin O'Donnell. Well, Martin, since um, you're probably the the expert among you know the the five of us when it comes to offensive line play, <laughs> but well, not and, by far, and maybe uh, anything football related. <laughs> but uh, I mean, absolutely, you know, losing Nick Allegretti. Is a hole to fill on the Illinois line, but uh, what do you kind of make of that group moving forward without kind of the anchor that, that that he's been as a leader for the last three years? Yeah, I think you know obviously it's, it's tough to replace a kid like Nick Allegretti, and was certainly really glad to see him get drafted. Certainly thought he deserved to be drafted based upon his play last year and the improvement that he made. But yeah, I think that's going to be another thing that I'll be watching a lot during fall camp is kind of who's taking that leadership role. You have you know, basically four guys there that are pretty much the same class, uh, you know, have about the same amount of experience. And, you know, usually in situations like that, you got to have one guy that's kind of the, the vocal leader. So, you know, I'm certainly expecting really big things from the offensive line this fall. Uh, I'm expecting them to really be, uh, you know, the strength of the team. Because uh, I think sometimes when you have some uncertainty with other aspects of the team and of the offense, you know, obviously the passing game, we got to figure some things out. But certainly you have great running backs 
and I think that offensive line can really be a, a catalyst for this team. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how guys like Kendrick Green improve. I mean, he played phenomenally for a redshirt freshman last year. You know, Doug Kramer's started for a couple of years now. I think Doug does a great job in the middle, kind of getting things going. And then, uh, obviously, uh, the, the transfer from Alabama there, you know, literally replacing Allegretti at guard should be um, kind of a nice fill-in pettibone there. And then the tackles, you know, Pelcheski and, and Vidarian Lowe, um, you know, how they're able to improve their, their pass blocking, uh, you know, especially when they're in their kind of one-on-one situations on the outside with, you know, the athletic defensive ends that they're going to be playing. So I, I'm really I'm excited about that group. I thought they took a massive step forward last year. Uh, and really, you know, I'm, I'm expecting them to, to only improve on that. Martin, what's your early impression of Bob McClain, Bob McClain the office, new offensive line coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to spend much time around him. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, at least from the things I've heard, I think it's all positive. Was able to see him in practice a couple times. Uh, obviously very technique-focused, which I think is uh, an absolute necessity for an offensive line coach. So, um, you know, kind of the proof is in the pudding. So we'll see how these guys react uh, and play in the fall. Uh, but he's certainly somebody that I'm, I'm anxious to, to get to know a little bit better and you know, get to know a little bit of some of his offensive line philosophies. But I think certainly the, the offense that we're going to be running, you know, given it's the second year in the offense, uh, given it's an offense that he's familiar with, uh, you know, I certainly um, you know, am looking forward to, to kind of seeing how that plays out. Martin, pretty much everyone knows that the defense has to improve for the 2019 season. When you go out to training camp uh, in, in August, what are you going to be looking at specifically when it comes to that side of the ball at all? Uh, you know, I'm, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm really going to be focusing in on group run periods. Uh, usually they'll have a nine on seven, which is basically, uh, you know, they kind of take out the, the receivers and the safeties, and it's really just an inside run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spring ball and fall camp sometimes are tough to gauge because, you know, if you have, you know, you know all the offense going against all the defense, yeah. it's a good play on offense. Well, does that mean the defense really messed up or mm-hmm. the offense played good? But I, I think, you know, Illinois' offensive line and run game is one of the better run games in the Big Ten. And so, you know, if you're able, if I'm able to get a couple of sample sizes and kind of see how uh, the defense is playing in those situations and if they're able to get penetration, play on the other side of the ball, you know, frustrate the Illinois offense a little bit, I think that's something that's going to be most encouraging to me because college football, especially in the Big – well, I should say Big Ten football, especially in the West, is still very much about the ground game. And when Illinois is going to be able to, you know, make some headway against teams like Wisconsin and Iowa, when they're able to do that, it's going to be because they're able to stop their running games. Because if you're forcing Wisconsin into passing situations, if you're forcing Iowa into passing situations, Minnesota would fit the same bill. If you're forcing them to have to pass and be in long yardage situations, that's, that's when you can start winning on defense against those teams because their passing games are not nearly as developed. So that's really what I'm going to be honing in on in training camp is how is the Illinois defense doing uh, against the Illinois running game? Again, because I think the bar has kind of been set in terms of what that Illinois rush attack is. And uh, if the defense can really start making some plays and penetrate and frustrate the Illinois offense, to me that's going to be encouraging. Well, Martin, just looking at the program as a whole, what what would you say – this is the expectation for this season. Is, is five wins okay because it's more than four, or does it have to be a bowl game? I mean, look, my, my expectation every year is to go to a bowl game. Uh, I, I'm expecting this team. This team certainly has the talent um, and the pieces there to go to a bowl game. 
so that, that's my expectation as I go into every year. Um, you know, I think, you know, the other thing that I'm really going to be looking for this year is, you know, Illinois needs to be in one possession games in the fourth quarter with every single team on their, on their schedule. Uh, that was something I said going into last year. There were some instances they did well in that respect. There were other instances like Iowa uh, and Wisconsin uh, where they really, uh, you know, fell flat in those situations. So, you know, this is, you know, another year. I think you certainly expect the consistency level to increase dramatically. So that's, that's my expectation for the program. Uh, but again, really, that's my expectation every season. Martin, it's, Martin, it's been 12, 12 years since you finished, right? Is it 12? Not to make feel Something old. Like that. 12, <laughs> okay. Time, yeah. 12 years. They've, they've been to three yeah. bowls since that time. Uh, yeah. 10, 11, and then, of course, uh, uh, Heart of Dallas Bowl 2014. 14. 14. How does it make you feel? I, I know you said you want to see them go to bowl every year, but would you ever have guessed when you left here? that this program would do what has happened in the next 12 years? No, I think every, I think every time, you know, at least speaking for myself, and, you know, I would, I would hope that, you know, a lot of the guys that were kind of in my senior class would feel the same way. Um, you know, I was, I was hoping that, you know, obviously that, that kind of that Rose Bowl run, to be honest, a lot of us would kind of fade away, and, you know, nobody wouldn't remember us because of the, <laughs> the amount of success that Illinois had on a consistent level thereafter. And, and we haven't gotten there yet, and that's, you know, there, there's reasons for it, um, but I think certainly, you know, the one thing that, that Illinois football has proven, um, which I think differentiates it from, you know, some other programs that have been, you know, historically, um, you know, not up to what the fan bases want to be is, you know, when Illinois football has been good, it's been really good. And, you know, so that, that ability to, that ability to succeed on a high level uh, to me, is still the barometer that, that I use to measure the program. And, you know, I'm also believe, a believer in, you know, you had to have incremental progress with, you know, obviously a high goal, high end game in mind. And so, you know, I, I think the team taking a step forward this fall uh, is going to help really, you know, take another step from kind of the foundation that's been laid here uh, over the past few seasons and few years by, by Lovey Smith and his staff. That's old number 64, Martin O'Donnell. Appreciate your time, as always. Enjoy talking football with you, and we'll be doing it again down the road. Same. Thanks for having me on, guys. You Thanks, bet. Martin. Martin O'Donnell with us here on Monday Night Sports Talk at 544. We'll take a break. Plenty more to talk about. We'll keep the phone lines open as well, 356-9397. We're back with more after this. 343. Monday Night Sports Talk continues, heading towards the 6 o'clock hour. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, here's truly Steve Kelly with you. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Talk to some Illinois football. We've got some more basketball talk to uh, get to as well. NCAA regional action for women's golf. Round one of three rounds is in the book up at East Lansing, and uh, Renee Sloan's Fighting Illini team is in that, and they're currently in third place after one round of golf. Kent State is the leader up at East Lansing. They're playing at Forest Acres Golf Course on the campus of Michigan State. Kent State is six under par. Arizona in second place at plus two, and the Fighting Illini are four over. Corn Carmel Sucre, Bing Singamasuli, and uh, Tristan Nolan led the way for Fighting Illini. Uh, the two uh, first ladies I mentioned had rounds of 71. Tristan Nolan had a 74. Crystal Wang 
at a 76 for the Illini. So they're in third place. They need to finish in the top six to uh, move on. Yeah, it's a great start for uh, for the Illini trying to make history this week. They've never been to uh, the NCAA championships, never made it out of a regional. And, uh, you know, all the success that Mike Small's men's golf program has had, it's good to see Renee Sloan and, and her program uh, try to get on that, that same level of footing. And uh, as Joe Vizzelli wrote in, in today's News Gazette about uh, the women's golf program, you know, they, they walk in every day to their practice facility and see what the, the men have accomplished. And now they're trying to add their own their own hardware, but they got two more rounds to go in, in East Lansing. Uh, tee off tomorrow at 7 a.m. and again on Wednesday as well. And uh, like Steve said, just got to finish in the top six. And if they do that, uh, clinch a spot at the NCAA Championships May 17th through uh, 22nd in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, so. they're the uh, seven seed in that event. Need to uh, move into that top six. Fayetteville, Arkansas will host uh, both championships, the men's championship a week after that. And Mike Small's team will be in action at Myrtle Beach starting a week from today in uh, the regional down there in uh, NCAA golf. Illinois basketball, no word uh, as far as we know from uh, T.J. Holyfield, who spent uh, at least part of the weekend in Champaign-Urbana and was at Ubbin Friday night. You were busy with, uh, Scott, you were busy with NCAA tennis. You didn't get a chance to, uh, to see Mr. Holyfield, but uh, are you hearing anything? Uh, nothing substantial yeah i mean he's made the visits he's going to make so mm-hmm. we would imagine the decision uh would be coming soon uh again he's kind of controls the timeline because illinois kansas texas tech they all want him so i, I think you know, illinois has obviously made him like the clear number one priority to finish up the the 2019-20 roster so i think the Illini will wait and you know just hope that they we're able to sell what they've got enough and you know, getting that last visit. I saw him work out a little bit Friday late afternoon over at Ubbin. There was a couple hundred people there uh, watching. He didn't do a lot because he, he's coming off a shoulder surgery procedure. He uh, did some shooting, did a little one-on-one against I.O. and a little one-on-one against Georgie. Uh, those two guys and uh, Feliz were there. And Tyler Underwood, he has a relationship with him from his days at Stephen F. Austin. They were all there. And uh, he's got a, a good look at jump shot, but again, this was just kind of a little one-on-one. There was no team ball at all in that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, when he decides, and uh, you know, he'd be a great addition for the Illini next season, kind of fill that, that veteran void on a team that's returning practically everyone, and uh, he can give uh, the returnees kind of some insight too, and to Brad Underwood as a coach, and, and just based on his time at Stephen F. Austin, and you'd have to think that that relationship that was already formed with Brad Underwood and T.J. Holyfield should uh, should benefit the Illini. But, again, you're going up against Kansas and Texas Tech. Kansas is a blue blood, blue blood uh, on the college basketball scene. And then Texas Tech has just emerged, uh, you know, under Chris Beard, making it an NCAA title game. So he's got three, you know, compelling choices, and uh, he's going to play a role at whatever program he goes to next season. Illinois baseball, successful weekend, two out of three from Indiana. Andy Fisher named the pitcher of the week. In the Big Ten, nice crowds over there, over seven thousand over the three games. Yeah, it's crazy. They uh, they had almost uh, twenty eight hundred there on <laughs> on Saturday when they clinched the series win uh, with Jack Yalowitz and, and Michael Massey hitting some some key home runs off of uh, Champaign Central alum Tanner Gordon, who fared well uh, in the start for the Hoosiers, went seven innings in, in his first game pitching to Illinois Field, and then Scott, you were at Illinois Field. 
yesterday afternoon and uh, I drove by uh, I believe in the fourth or fifth inning and just looked into Illinois Field and uh, it was it was packed you didn't stop and get a beer I did not the parking the grass lots were pretty full <laughs> and uh, my wife was saying come home because the three children are having fun to say the least she needed help and you delivered I don't know about that I was just another adult there to try to <laughs> corral them uh, from all their shenanigans that they undertake Illinois softball nice weekend against uh, Purdue sweeping the Boilermakers and heading into a Big Ten tourney play this week yeah it starts on, uh, on Thursday afternoon uh, out in Bloomington Indiana I think they get Nebraska in, in the first round and a uh, good way to end the season for Tyra Perry's team uh, it'll be very interesting to see if they maybe uh, win a game or two at the Big Ten tournament what that might do for their NCAA tournament chances you'd think a team that sits in ninth place in the Big Ten wouldn't have that great of a shot. Uh, they've got some good offensive numbers. Got some great offensive numbers, and the schedule they've played has been very difficult, especially in the conference part of the season. They played Michigan three games, you know, got swept by the Wolverines, but were in uh, a lot of those uh, games. It was some close, tight ball games for a long part of the, those games. But um, yeah, it's it's they have to win on on Thursday if they want to keep any faint hope of NCAA tournament hope alive. You would think. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good way for them to to end uh, their home careers, especially for the seniors, to go out with a sweep at Eichelberger Field. And now they get a chance to kind of play with some house money and maybe make some noise at the Big Ten Tournament. Not a great weekend, Bob, for Illinois tennis. No. The men's team lost in the second round at home. The women's team lost in the first round at Duke. Right. It's great to get there. Unfortunately, you'd like to keep going. You'd like to get the regional or the whatever they call the new round now. Super yeah. regional. Thank you, super regional. And Illinois has gone there a lot over time, and I, I'm sure it's a disappointment at both levels. But they'll, they'll regroup and come back next year, and I think they've got a lot of people back in both teams, don't they? Um, yeah, the women's team loses a couple seniors, and the men's team will bring back everyone. Right. So they didn't have a, a senior on the roster and uh, got some – Good experience for what could be some talented freshmen, kind of to keep the Illinois men's tennis thing rolling with Brad Dancer. Think the Cub fans that uh, wanted to fire Joe Madden a month ago, what do you think they're thinking now? I don't know. I came in here in, in the office this morning, and all the Cubs fans here at uh, the News Gazette were acting like they won the World Series. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's it's, only 128 it's, it's, games it's, left. It's baseball. If you want to get excited about a three-game sweep in early May, Go ahead. I mean, I don't know if I would have come in here rubbing people's noses if or rubbing people's faces in if the Cardinals had swept the, the Cubs. But well, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely would have. The Braves swept the Marlins, too. So wow. Great, great weekend. <laughs> it's an awesome weekend. It is uh, 5.55. Need to take one final break. We'll be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk right after this. Stay with us. Got a couple of minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Bob Ostmesson, Scott Ritchie. Speaking of uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals, they're both in action tonight. The Cardinals are home to the Phillies. They play the Pennsylvania teams this week at Bush Stadium. Four games against the Phillies starting tonight. Miles Michaelis on the mound for St. Louis. The Cubs take on Miami. Cole Hamill's trying to go 4-0. and He's off to a good start. Yeah, he is, and it's a great chance for uh, the Northsiders in Chicago to, to add to that NL Central lead to have uh, with Miami coming to town. The Marlins uh, obviously in full rebuild mode, and uh, we'll see what uh, the Cardinals can do with uh, Bryce Harper making his first visit to Bush Stadium as a member of the Phillies. So uh, baseball never stops, and 
you want to get real excited about teams this early in the year, cool, but I prefer to get excited when teams make the playoffs in October. Something else that never stops, Scott Ritchie, is recruiting. <laughs> it's so for you'll, sure. You've always got your uh, eye and ear on that, don't you? Yeah, I suppose I do. Um, it it goes on forever. And well, this weekend I'll be getting just yeah. I'll dive right in. I'm heading over to the the Indy suburbs for the Nike EYBL and get a chance to see uh, every like forty different Illinois recruiting targets. That but you'll be able to see him, and Brad Underwood won't. No, that's right. Yeah, the, the coaches co- aren't there. Yeah, and that's that's, weird. A, that's a change to the calendar, and that was part of why I enjoyed it. I just like to watch the coaches and watch who they were watching. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know. I'll have to find something else to you know, bide my time during the slow moments in games to, to stay entertained. Anything big coming up in the paper this week? Uh, just lots of uh, lots of high school sports coverage still. The postseason's winding down, and uh, we're going to have something later on this week on Illinois men's golf, so be on the lookout for that. And we're winding down as well. Appreciate you listening on Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, yours truly, Steve Kelly, Ed Bond as well on WDWS. Champagne Urbana. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.